This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Good afternoon, Kim. Welcome Good to the afternoon, after party. John Daly. Welcome to the After Party Live. How are you? Made it through four hours into your fifth. I know. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah. Just too much. You look, you're looking good today. You're kind of mellow. little chilling well, out over there. We're well lit, finally. I don't want to look <laughs> like I'm like hiding in the back of a dark studio. No, you look good. No. You look good. Well, welcome to Thursday, everybody. It is the After Party Live. And uh, it's a good show today. I have to say there's a lot of interesting stories well, that we have. I wouldn't go that far. Cura- yeah, I think I, I don't know. Plus, it's Trivia Thursday. Oh, it is Trivia Thursday. Category. Do we want to give the category away now or later? The category is, we can give it away. Give it away, World give it away, give it away now. Geography. Yeah, World. baby. Last time we had United States questions. This is world geography. Yeah, this is tried and so, true. This is I. This is not my category. I'm. I need to study up on all this stuff. If you do want to reach out for any reason, you can. Uh, we have email addresses here at the After Party Live. It is John at the After that was Party a bad dot idea, live. Wasn't it? Kim at the After Party dot live. I get a lot of. I get some emails. I like you get it. A lot I like of, what people. Uh, positive positive comments. No, we only get positive um. letters. Um, if you could please click the like button, we would so appreciate that help. And if you could subscribe, if you're here and you haven't subscribed, free ways to help the show, just clickety clickety. The super chat is open. I will also say that we have a PayPal account and you'll find that in our show description. Okay, let's move on because we, you know, we've been covering cruise a lot. The automated robo taxi cruise on the show. Meet me. John has uh, had a couple close calls in the city with these guys walking through the crosswalks and, you know, them stopping right before the crosswalk kind of thing. And now we know there was this accident, right, where the this driver hit a woman and her she flew in front of one of these cruise robo taxis. And we know a little bit more about why this car didn't stop. Yeah, this is pretty crazy. Um, So for weeks, the key question surrounding the October 2nd crash involving that cruise uh, taxi was unanswered. Why did the driverless vehicle continue to drive and pull, you know, while it was trying to pull over, dragging this woman pinned under its chassis? Now, Cruise has revealed the reason. This is what's pissing me off, because you remember when it first happened, what did they say? Wasn't our fault. Wasn't our fault. It was the other driver. The other driver hit her, right? That immediately, that's what they do every single time, not our fault. Well, now we know there's more to the story and they were just covering. The vehicle software mischaracterized where the robo-taxi initially struck the woman, leading to uh, leading it to make the wrong decision. Uh, the GM-owned autonomous vehicle company included that disclosure in a filing to federal regulators because they had to <laughs> when they notified that they were recalling all 950 of the self-driving cars. I knew there had to be a reason why they would recall all the cars, right? Um so now they're finding out that it's the software. Um, you know, e- even though that that human controlled car hit the woman and threw it in front of the car, that's not I don't think that's really relevant because the car, the auto driving car needs to know what to, to do in any situation. Right. So in its recall filing, Cruz said that it's self-driving software. It's, it's the, called the collision detection subsystem. It tells the road taxis how to respond, whether to stay put or pull over after collision. That response, the company said, depends on factors that include perceived severity of a collision and where the vehicle registered the impact. Cruz said its robo-taxi software inaccurately characterized the collision as a lateral collision and commanded the AV to attempt to pull over out of traffic. 
pulling the individual forward rather than remaining stationary. Uh, Cruise is now acknowledging that its driverless software may direct robo-taxis to pull over after a collision instead of staying put in certain circumstances. The maneuver may increase injury risk in crashes when a pullover is not the desired post-collision response. So now we're finding out that they were they were covering up. And uh, Aaron Peskin, president of the Board of Supervisors, says the same thing. It appears to me that Cruz did everything it could to cover this up. We knew on October 2nd that the car dragged her, and uh, Cruz went to great lengths to pretend it didn't happen, and now it's finally caught up with them. So, yeah, what do you think, Kim? Uh, you need to, we need to add you back into the show. No, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Somehow I went away. Yeah. Um, they need, <laughs> I was trying to talk to you the whole time. I was thinking oh, we were having we a conversation. That. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I think in order for this to be successful with the whole, you know, switching over to automated vehicles, they need buy-in from the public. We have to trust it. We have to want it. We have to say, okay, we're testing it. There were some mistakes. There's some problems. But they have to be transparent about it and tell us what's going on or we're not going to trust them or their cars. And well, the that's criminal thing problem. is they were pretending like these cars were fully automated and safe when we know that the humans were taking over every few miles. And mm-hmm. who's the guinea pig? Well, the real crime is that they, they subjected all of us, the public, uh, as guinea pigs, you know, whether or not we're going to get hit or run over. Um, mm-hmm. And they were withholding information. Now there's a second headline today. I don't know if you saw this. Cruz is now laying off workers. Um, a day after the company announced that recall of the entire fleet. Cruise has laid off contracted workers who were responsible for maintaining the fleet days after the the company announced a fleet-wide software recall. The company says uh, says today, layoffs don't impact any full-time workers directly employed by Cruise, but a Cruise spokesperson uh, didn't say how many people were affected by the layoffs. So... um, I wonder if Cruise is done. When you did your sample rides... In yeah. the city, did you go on cruise or did you go on Waymo? I don't. I've been on the Waymo waiting list for a okay. year, and I was on the cruise. I actually signed up for the cruise waiting list um, before we were let go from KGO because I wanted to try it out for Mark Show, and right. I was supposed to get early access as a member of the media, and that didn't happen. Um, and then the, the they there was changes in what they were licensed. Right, they were first they were licensed to test it, then they were licensed, and then all of a sudden. The app enabled and said, "Like congratulations, you can you can take a ride," okay. um, and that was a year later. So, um, so that was that was Waymo or Cruise? That was Cruise. Cruise. So I'm okay. still on the waiting list for Waymo. Yeah, I don't know. If I, wanna... I heard the Waymo technology is better. Yeah, um, but I'm I don't know. I'm a little hesitant now. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I think it should give everyone pause. What happened there and the fact that they withhold withheld the video evidence from the DMV as well. Right. right. I mean, so and they're lying. Like they were lying. They said the cars were fully automated. Up. They were yeah. not fully automated. So they were lying. What else are they lying about? Right. And I, I just don't want to put my my safety in their hands, knowing that they're lying. I was already told by our former coworker that worked for them that um, they were shady. So this is just kind of reinforcing what I was already told. Uh, let's move to animals, because I want to bring the vibe of the party back up. Uh-oh. <laughs> there was a um, there was an incident it is kind of funny. An incident with this bear. So a DoorDash yeah. driver or some type of delivery driver comes and leaves a Uber Taco Eats. Bell delivery on a Uber Eats, leaves a Taco Bell delivery right on this the porch of a Florida house. But the Florida family there never gets their food because they have a visitor. We have video? Yeah, we have the full report. Let's, Let's check, check it out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to call him Taco Bear. 
A food <laughs> delivery that didn't quite make it to the customer. Surveillance footage Friday shows the driver make the drop outside this Longwood home. But minutes later, a black bear saunters up to the front porch and helps itself to Lady Gutierrez's dinner. Gutierrez's niece, Nicole Castro, couldn't believe her eyes when she saw the video. He came and he grabbed the food and then he came again for the soda. The hungry bear making off with $45 worth of Taco Bell. Upon opening the door, Gutierrez and her daughter knew exactly what had happened. El oso se llevó la comida. Gutierrez says they're used to the bears, they're regulars in the neighborhood. This is video from a few days earlier. Increíble. Es muy grande. But a bear burglar, well, that's large. a first, she says. The family posting the videos to social media, surprised by the reaction. 162,000 views. Yes. Many getting a kick out of the quesadilla craving bear, but Gutierrez <laughs> left with an empty stomach and a lesson. No more fast food on the front porch. And in case you're wondering, Gutierrez tells me that Uber Eats issued a full refund for that stolen food. It's pretty funny. Well, that's Taco surprising. Bear. But wait, wait a minute. $42 worth of Taco Bell? Okay. I really? went to Taco Bell the other day because my daughter... It was it had been a long day. She had band practice from four to seven. She hadn't eaten. She was moody. She said she just wanted a burrito from Taco Bell. So I said, all right. We drive through. She gets a like a uh, I think she ended up getting a Taco Supreme. Um, I got a bean burrito and she got a drink. It was 20 okay. bucks for those three items. Remember wow. that when they used to have the dollar menu where it used to be like, you know, three or four yeah. bucks. There were things I that thought, were like 60 Oh my cents. God, $20 for a couple burritos at Taco Bell? That's yeah. crazy. And yeah, knowing so, that they're not going to give you the full like value, the full size of whatever you're mm -hmm. getting. That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. But $42. Here's my thing with the delivery. It would make sense to get certain things delivered that could keep heat. But you yeah. know how, I don't know, do you use these delivery services? Because I know there's a lot of delays. I know when Pat would order things from the station, like, you know, the driver's lost and whatnot. By the time yeah. you, you pay all this money, right? You pay a service charge, delivery fee, tipping. Yeah. And the food just shows up cold. Like certain mm. things don't travel like Taco Bell. Really? No. By the time you get it, it's like it's been sitting in the back of your friend's car for an hour. No. I, no, no. Apparently no. it was good enough for Taco Bear. He was like, I'll take that. <laughs> I thought that was so funny that it came back. The bear came back for, for the soda afterward. Yeah, he's like, like, oh, oh man, I left so something much, behind. There's so much sodium in this. What is this? Who cooked this? Yeah, he's, we uh, have, he's an expert now. Uh, we have more animal stories for you. You're and welcome. This, this, yeah, you thank you. It is John Daly is responsible for this. This is a pride of lions on a leisurely stroll they see a giraffe taking a drink of water, and the hunt is on. Let's take yeah, a look gonna, at this. Yeah, we're going to have to narrate this one, but check okay. this out. So there's, they're in a safari vehicle, and here come the lions. They, see this poor giraffe was taking a sip. And uh, now more lions. I think we see about four of them, five of them. I think there were a total of 20. And this poor giraffe is just panicking. Poor giraffe is totally outnumbered. Yeah. Oh. Luckily, he's up at a higher elevation. Um, and he just keeps running, keeps running. And, uh, he gets away. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's running, running, running away. Um, that was a 28-year-old self-employed entrepreneur, David Schur, 
recording that while he was camping in Zaizai, Botswana, which is a campsite uh, in that area. They have tall trees, sandy riverbeds, and open plains surrounding the camp. Uh, he said, during our drive to the Zaizai campsite, where we were set to spend the night, we found ourselves driving along a sandy road by the river. Uh, we didn't have much hope at the time of spotting anything, but that's when we stumbled upon this pride of lions. Uh, that's yeah. that's scary to be that close to that. You yeah, know? and they're saying after the chase, the tired lions went to lie down in the riverbed. They looked like they were comforting each other because they'd missed catching the giraffe. <laughs> uh, David watched them quietly and took pictures as the sun was setting. The light was golden and beautiful. It was a perfect moment for photos. This is how lions learn by trying and uh, sometimes missing, just like we do when yeah. we learn something new. So, yeah. yeah. Another animal story about a calf who was at an agricultural show and apparently did not have any interest in being there whatsoever. Yeah, so this is funny. This is in Edmonton, Alberta, and uh, this calf led police and firefighters on an hours-long chase through multiple neighborhoods. And we have video from, uh, I think, the middle of this chase as this calf uh, approaches somebody's house. Check this out. Whoa! Whoa, stop! Don't kill it! Don't ram into the calf. house. <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, no! Between what? the police cars into somebody's front yard. <laughs> How is that a thing? <laughs> hey, buddy! They what you doing? Let's chill in front of the house. Don't Willow's uh, let's go. Willow. Willow, Willow's in the back. Yeah, yeah get him in. Get him in. Get him in. Get her in. <laughs> Do they have? Do they have a trank? How did it get here? Where did the cow come from? This guy, you got police. On oh, the there street. is. Oh, oh, kind of like figuring. Oh, out. No. oh, and now oh my God, they're on the street. Front get inside, Diana. Get inside. Yeah. And the cow. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Oh no. Okay, pack up, boys. Okay. And now the uh, police have to get. We're still chasing. Yeah. Pack it up. They're not moving very fast. You yeah, think the they police... move a little faster? Yeah, the police had to get back in the car. I don't know how they were expecting mm. to uh, to stop the cow. Um, it didn't look like they had any animal experts there, but uh, yeah, crazy news out yeah. of Canada. Well, I guess if I was a cow, I'd want I'd run, <laughs> given the history. Get out with, with humans. Run, <laughs> especially if it's an auction. I'm out. Yeah, out. <laughs> You're like, oh no. That's the smart one. Uh, you this have next story is remembering it, things. Yeah, I forgot what story was next. Oh, <laughs> a lot of people have problems remembering things, and I think that's totally normal, right? I mean, the joke is, oh, you walk into a room, you forgot why, uh, what you were there to get, whatever, or you forget a word. It's on the tip of your tongue, and you know, someone. It usually happens when someone asks you, "Hey, what's the word for X?" Or do you remember that movie with such and such? And it's like you can see it and you know it, but you just can't right. say it. So we found this story, six signs your memory loss isn't normal, right? So how do you know? Was it, did what, it start out as six or was it 10? I, I don't know. Maybe did they, they forgot the list down? I, I think maybe know. they forgot some. One of the, the neuropsychologists interviewed says some degree of memory, lo memory loss can be completely normal, especially as we age. We're all just going to start being a little, you know, forgetful as time goes on. Uh, as people grow older, they may experience mild forgetfulness, maybe misplace your keys, maybe have trouble recalling names. I have to, my, I remember my grandmother used to go through everyone in the family's name before she would get to mine. And she did it to everybody. What sometimes I was the first name called. Oh, no, okay. at this time, sometimes I'll be looking straight at Julia and I'll call her Jacob and I'll say whichever one you are. Just And they laugh at me. My mom does that too. I think it has a lot of it has to do with like kind of the energy of the moment. Are those like... 
you know, moments where you're trying to discipline them. Mm-hmm. Like there's a surge of endorphins and you're, you're to, like, you know, ah, yeah, you're going after them. The um, neurologist at the UW Medicine Memory and Brain Wellness Center in Washington, his name is Dr. Michael Rosenblum. Oh, he, he's good. He offers, yeah, he's a, he's one of the best. He offers us a very depressing fact. He says, we start losing neurons in our 30s. With time, yeah, we I become... Thought. Is that is that with time we become less efficient at learning and remembering? Yep. It almost feels like this life cycle. When you're young and you're a student, you need yep. to learn more information, and those systems have to be working on all, on all cylinders. When you get older, it's less critical. Okay, so here's the six warning signs. Right, an inability to learn new things. So we always have new things popping up: cell phones, computers, cars. AI is coming. Right? right. But if you find that you struggle to learn anything new, that could be concerning. Number two, trouble doing and understanding things that used to come easily. So like maybe you're a cook and you forgot recipes that you used to maybe you did for many, many years and you never even had to look at a piece of paper. Yeah. But now you can't remember all the things you've been doing for the last 40 years. That's a problem. Quickly forgetting conversations. Uh, you can't be expected to remember every conversation you've ever had. You shouldn't worry if you forget conversations from time to time, but immediately forgetting discussions, mm, that could be a problem. Normally, like, when I'll for, one has I'll a... Forget, I'll forget, like, texting somebody uh, something, and I'll send it to mm-hmm. them the next day, and they're like, you sent that yesterday, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> They say normally when someone has a conversation, it's expected and you can at least remember having the conversation. But let's say an hour goes by and you forget about having the conversation. Concerning. Number four, getting lost in familiar places. Everybody gets lost from time to time. If you're exploring somewhere new, but the problem becomes getting lost in familiar places, that can sometimes be a sign of memory loss. This is one I do. Repeating stories often. They say it's normal to repeat yourself from time to time, recounting stories or facts to people who've heard them before. But if you're doing it too often, that's when it becomes abnormal. My father-in-law has a thing. If he's heard you say the story before, he'll put up how many times, like two fingers, three fingers, Mm. whatever, that he's heard you. And he'll just tap on his chest like three times. I've heard it three times. Um, number six, your loved ones point out that something seems off. So if a loved one tells you they're worried about your memory, they say you shouldn't get defensive. You should take their concerns seriously because what others notice about your memory could be more valuable than what you notice about your memory, right? Because you may not even realize, or it may seem normal to you, but if people around you are thinking, Mm, not normal. A loved one is more likely to be able to accurately spot issues like story repetition, repetition or day-to-day tasks. So, and they say if you're the one that that notices memory loss in someone, you shouldn't be afraid to speak up. Uh, that you should take con- concern from others a lot more seriously when someone comes to you and says, "Oh, memory isn't what it used to be." So, yeah, and that's the sign. Those are the six signs that your memory. Maybe uh, maybe spotty and Spencer a little bit in trouble. That repeating stories is a radio host thing. Uh, that might be true. Yeah, that or maybe you certain, have a that might be different audience. Talk show hosts, you know, like big deals, with celebrity yeah. stories. <laughs> you never know. Allegedly, some of those stories I could hear more than once and be all right because they're so entertaining. Yeah, mm. I don't know. Uh, you know, sometimes you uh, played tennis with a certain uh, singer in San Francisco. Well, <laughs> if you. Heart. 
if you are forgetful, maybe there's something that that could help a little chip in the old brain, eh? Yeah, check this out. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I need. Um, And and on that last story, I feel like my neurons have been shedding because I was like, I used to remember things. I used to like recall things. And now it's like, if I didn't, I think Google's making it worse. Because now I have Google mm-hmm. in my pocket and I can right. I can get the answer. But knowing the like a celebrity or a singer, I blank now a lot of times. And for what it's I'm, worth, I think you're really quick. Like you're very good memory, very good recall. I'm quick and with certain things, quick. not everything, mm-hmm. not everything. I feel like everybody. I it's like we have strengths and weaknesses. Um, mm-hmm. Math is one of my weaknesses. I have many many weaknesses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see this neural implant um this is this is a science news pretty cool a new speech prosthetic offers hope for those with speech impairing neurological disorders by converting brain signals into speech using high density sensors and machine learning uh, this new technology represents a significant advent advancement over current slower communication aids though it's in its early stages this new device has achieved 40 percent accuracy in decoding spoken data during limited trials and is moving towards a cordless design this new device uses 256 brain sensors on a flexible pla- on flexible plastic to read brain mm-hmm. activity related to speech and translate it into actual words. Initial tests with patients undergoing unrelated brain surgery achieved a 40% accuracy in decoding sounds from brain activity. Wow. A future cordless That's... version of the di- device is being developed, offering more freedom for users. And this is coming from Duke University. So it's a collaborative team of Duke, Duke neuroscientists, neuro- neurosurgeons, and engineers translating a person's brain signals into what they're trying to say. This, this okay, is a big deal. Okay, that's so weird and so sci-fi. I mean, part of me thinks this is great for people with brain injuries or people that, you know, they have the words, but they can't make the words come out, right? You see people yeah. with strokes where, like, you know they want to say something, yeah, but afa- they aphasia, can't. which aphasia, which right. is what my father had and what Gene Burns had, where you could see they're struggling because they, 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 in their brain, they know what they want to say, but the exactly. words aren't coming to them and it's really um so this is a big deal but yet it, cr- it creeps me out when we get to this point where we can start figuring out i guess it's figuring out things we didn't understand before or it's such a mystery like how your brain works and and how you know it yeah. makes your body do things or how it makes the forms the words to come out of your mouth how we think and we're starting to now understand the magic and tamper with the magic and something about that gives me the heebie-jeebies. I feel like everything in the next 10 years is going to both creep people out and mm-hmm. give people hope because there are a lot of patients they're saying here that with debilitating motor, motor disorders, um, ALS, uh, locked-in mm-hmm. syndrome that can impair their ability to speak. Yeah. Um, but the current tools available to allow them to communicate are generally very slow and cumbersome, right? Which you imagine is frustrating, uh, leads yeah. to depression. Um, imagine listening to an audiobook at half speed. Right, that's the best speech decoding rate currently available, which clocks in at about seventy-eight uh, words per minute. People, however, speak at about one hundred and fifty words per minute. So that right. lag between spoken and decoded speech rates is partially due to the relatively few brain activity sensors that can be fused onto a paper-thin piece of material that lays atop the you know the surface of your brain. Right, so, so fewer weird. sensors provide less yeah. uh, information to decode. So that's pretty cool. Now, from cool to speaking of scary. Who volunteers Uh, for this? That's my question. Yeah. Elon Musk's chip implant company, Neuralink, is looking for its first volunteer who is willing to have a piece of their skull removed. What? No. So that a robotic robotic surgeon, is it it a cruise surgeon, (laughs) (laughs) can insert thin wires and electrodes into their brain. Why does it have to be a 
robotic surgeon. The ideal candidate will be a quadriplegic under the age of 40 who will also, um, for a procedure that involves implanting a chip, has it will have, this is poorly written, sorry, which has a thousand electrodes into their brain, according to Bloomberg. Mm. The interface would enable computer functions to be performed using only thoughts via a think and click mechanism. After a surgeon removes a part of the skull, a seven-foot-tall robot, this is the scary part for you, Kim, dubbed R1, oh, great, uh, R1 will be equipped with cameras, sensors, and a needle that will push 64 threads into the brain while doing its best to avoid, doing its best to avoid <laughs> blood vessels. Didn't we just have, a, there's a oh, new story today that a robot me, just killed somebody? Let me just sign up for that immediately. Good Did you see that, that news story that somebody in yeah. South Korea was killed by a, a, ro yeah. a robot in a factory? It so mistook now, him for cereal and smashed right into him into a wall or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should make a joke about smashing. Um, but you're gonna you're gonna rely on a robot to put put 64 threads into your brain and try to avoid your blood vessels. Uh, each thread, which is about one fourteenth the diameter of a strand of human hair, is lined with 16 electrodes that are programmed to gather data about the brain. The task is assigned to robots since human surgeons would likely not be able to weave the threads into the brain with the precision required to avoid damaging vital wow. tissue. This just sounds like a bad idea. Um, <sighs> the, the electrodes are designed to record neural activity related to movement and tension. These neural signals are then decoded by Neuralink's computers. R1 has already performed hundreds of experimental surgeries. Oh, this is so sad. On pigs, sheep, and monkeys. We've talked about a lot of that. And the fact that UC Davis is involved in this is the controversial part. Um, or the even more controversial part. Animal rights groups have been critical of Neuralink for alleged abuses, and the last two years have all been a, about a focus on building a human-ready product, uh, Neuralink's co-founder told uh, uh, Bloomberg. It's time mm -hmm. to help an actual human being. It's unclear if Neuralink plans to pay volunteers, and uh, they couldn't get no. further comment from Come the get your skull cut open and have uh, RU1 or whatever shove yeah. wires in your brain with no compensation. I guess if you're paralyzed and maybe you're depressed and this is your only hope that maybe it'd be worth it for you. Um, mm. Neuralink is uh, hoping to get uh, 10 patients together and uh, was uh, that's what they had hoped for. And they're now negotiating a lower number of patients with the FDA after the agency raised safety concerns. Yeah. Duh. Um, well, but, yikes. Yeah. Well, let's happy yikes it up indeed. a little bit. Happy holidays, everybody. It's time to shop. Uh, the, I saw this. And I thought that was interesting. You know, people are always wondering what the latest gifts are. You know, what the what's hot this year in gift giving, if you wanted to do that. A AI Pictionary apparently is the thing, and a robo dog make the UK shop's hottest Christmas toy lists. What goes in the UK goes here. Is that not right? Uh, the cheapest toy on the list is a, a Squishmallow for, I don't know what the conversion rate is. Over there, it's nine pounds. It's a popular soft toy. We'll sell in huge quantities. Kids love Squishmallows. At 90 pounds money, one of the pricier options is the Dog E with more than 200 sounds and reactions. It takes the world of robotic pets to a whole new level. Dog E is apparently pretty hot over there. Nine and pounds then, is about $11. So there's about a 22% markup. Yeah, that sounds it's a little more right. expensive in the UK. Uh, this new version, though, of Pictionary pits artificial against, uh, pits artists rather, against artificial intelligence. So uh, people are, are apparently thinking this is going to be really fun. They have a dream toys list of the 20 hottest gifts that are under 50 pounds. So this new 
Pictionary versus AI. It's a new version of the classic board game that pitches human sketches against the might of AI processing power. I know people that would have some fun with that, that would think that was pretty cool. You know? Are yeah, you the one, AI, would you do it? I don't know. Is this yeah. necessary? Mm. Can we just play think, a board game? No. no. I don't think you can. AI is in everything we do now. It's in every, you know, every little thing. Uh, no, this dog E do. looks kind of interesting. So I guess the there's evergreen names like Lego, Barbie, Pokemon, Squishmallows we talked about. All those things are on the list as well. The Harry Potter Hogwarts Castle Lego set is on the What's list. What's a Squishmallow? A Squishmallow is like a... Um, it's a stuffed animal. It doesn't do anything. It's just very huggable. I'll give you so a you picture of a squishmallow. It. You, so you, it's very squishy. Like you, once you have it in your hand, you just want to keep squeezing it and loving it because it's so soft. And kids love to collect them. I know when Nikki's daughter was in the hospital, people kept bringing her squishmallows, and so they're very, they're just very like um, gushy. Doesn't sound like know. something you should be giving to someone who's like compulsive. Who's compulsive? But you said when you squish it, you you never want to stop, right? Oh, so it's because it's just I, I, there. They are squishmallows. Right. They have like soft bellies. They're right. just all like yeah. They're very. They're just stuffed animals, but they're cute. They're interesting looking. They're always interestingly shaped, and they're squishy. That's all. Okay. Thank you for yeah. the edification. Um, you know what AI sh maybe AI <laughs> should be involved here in this story. A Spanish duke has been told he has to shorten his daughter's twenty-five word long Come name. Come on, why do you do that to a child anyway? Fernando Fitz James Stewart, who wasn't happy enough with his four names, wanted to call his daughter. Are you ready for it? Try to get through this. Mm -hmm. Sofia, Fernanda, Dolores, Cayetania, Teresa, and Angela. De La Cruz, Michaela, Del Santissimo, Sacramento, hey, Del Perpetua, Patuo, Socorro, De La Satissima, didn't we already have, oh, we had Satissimo, now we're at Satissima, Trinidad y De Todos Los Santos. And all of everything. <sighs> Interesting. Isn't that insane? Uh, so, Fernando Fitz, James Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> will need to significantly shorten his daughter's name if he wants it legally re registered. The 17th Duke of Hescar and his wife, Sofia Palazuelo. See, she got the two names. That's that's good. Recently baptized their second child. I'm not going to read it again. The aristocrat, a direct descendant of King Sophia James II Fernanda, Lolores, Cayetana, of Teresa, England, Angela, has been told the register Cruz, rules state that the name given to a child must not exceed more than one compound name and two simple names. In the registration, the name given to the child will be expressed, although no more than one compound name will be recorded, uh, nor more than two simple ones, according to the second article of the law on names and surnames and their order, collected in the official state gazette um this is pretty this is pretty crazy the name is reportedly a tribute to the deceased duchess of alba other members of the family and religious devotions why do you do this to your kids i don't know i know it's big with the royal families because you know you don't have a last name so maybe they can they think they can just give you a, a gazillion names and they're all meant to honor someone but still, that's crazy. That's just way too out of hand. It, I like that the judge said no. Even you, yeah. Duke, you got to rein mm. it in a little bit. It's mm. like uh, you're not pretentious enough. Let's go for uh, 24, na 24 additional names. 
Well, you know the after party is the place for main news. So when the we number come one back source from, for main from news, <laughs> number one source for main news. When we come back from a little breaky break, we'll talk about something that I've kind of wished for a lot in California: a public takeover of power companies. Mm. It's been a multi-year battle. We'll tell you what happened with it. And then we have our world geography trivia. And that is all coming up here on the After Party Live. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience. And without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. I want to thank our ongoing contributors and amazing people, Brian V and Gretchen L. You guys are super awesome. Thank you so much for contributing to the show and helping us keep it going here on the After Party Live. And look, a super sticker. Oh, oh, Doug with a $5 super sticker. So kind of you, Doug. That's so nice. Yeah, we appreciate the the help very much. Um, And so the super stickers are open and the PayPal account uh, where you can be to become an ongoing uh, Patreon, not Patreon, an ongoing supporter. Yeah. Via PayPal is in the show description. I get it right. Thank God for John Daly. So there's the story out of Maine and it has to do with a public takeover of a power company. They've been talking about this thing for years. They had an election, a ballot referendum, and the voters rejected the public takeover of their power company. It would have replaced the state's largest power companies with a nonprofit consumer-owned utility. Yeah, Sounds baby. good. Like, how do we get rid of PG&E? Can we do that here? We'll vote for that. Uh, The measure was the highest profile of their eight referendum questions on the November ballot. Two largest utilities in Maine, Central Maine Power and Versant Power, spent more than $37 million to defeat the public takeover. It was much more than the $1.1 million that the proponent of the takeover spent. So they were outspent by these power companies. There's no way to compete. The referendum asked, do you want to create a new power company governed by an elected board to acquire and operate operate existing for-profit electricity transmission and distribution facilities in Maine? The vote was way lopsided. It was a no vote, 69%. 31 percent yes wow Hmm. yeah so they didn't want to do it yeah they said no uh it failed and so it is the latest in a multi-year battle over the future of maine's electric grid and what they're going to do now i don't know well in california we have these um local power generation uh government agencies right to clean to like sonoma clean power marin clean power so right. at least that the power production side of it is, um, is uh, I don't know. Uh, we have a uh, couple, though. Like, there's SMUD in Sacramento. Run by the government. Well, that's there's an actual e- utility. The East Bay has one as well, a, a utility. That's You're talking that's about not an actual like, government agency 
utility. Yeah. So what I was talking yeah. about was generation. Like it's just the generation right. of the power, and then right. and then it's it's sold to PG&E. And you're talking about actual government run. You know where the largest mm-hmm. government run? So people who are naysayers and say it's not possible. You know where the largest government run utility in the country is? No. Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. Wow. They have. Uh, it was founded in 1902. They have um, 9,400 employees and um, 400. They deliver an average of 435 million gallons of water per day to f- uh, more than 4 million residents and uh, have 8,100 megawatts of electri- electric genera- was, uh, generating was, capacity. I thought it was SoCal Edison down there. That's the that's the larger utility, oh, right? Okay. But the city of Los Angeles has its own utility. Yeah. Um, and like you're saying, there's SMUD. But does SMUD do electricity? I think I thought that we were only like water and sewer. I thought they were power. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Sacramento oh, right. Municipal Ele- Utility District. Yeah, it's electric. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, SMUD I, um, is the nation's sixth largest community owned uh, not-for-profit electri- electric service. So people say, yeah. oh, I don't want to give it to government. It's like, well, are you better now? Yeah. You know, at least you'd have no. more accountability and you wouldn't have a profit motive. Because every Meanwhile, time they... I think it's the 17th that PG&E or the Public Utilities Commission in California is going to meet right. to jack up the PG&E rates. Well, and again every time us. they burn down yeah. the city or they blow up yeah. San Mateo, who 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 do they pass it on to? They don't take it, take it out of their profits. You and they me. That's right. Pass it on to ratepayers. So if you're worried about a government utility, I don't think you're going to have a worse situation. If anything, you, you have at least the possibility of accountability and the lack of a profit motive to help out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, This next story I might have to take my headphones off for. This is my worst fear. My absolute, ever-loving worst fear. Oh, God, help me. Although, that being said, you're the one who gave me the story. So, I I don't, I don't, there might be something wrong with you. Maybe there is. I should (laughs) have A Missouri woman, uh, understandably freaked out by a nickel-sized spider in her ear. She says, I don't think I could ever sleep without earplugs again. 29-year-old Desiree Kelly. Earplugs, good idea. Yeah, I'm not going to show you the actual video of the quivering spider in her ear, but an insurance oh, agent in Farmington, Missouri, is taking steps to ensure she never again has the shocking experience she had a few weeks ago, finding out there was a giant spider living in her ear. As she says, oh. it happened on October 18th when she woke up at 5 a.m. feeling a, f- a strange fluttering sensation in her right ear. At first, she thought it was caused by a tassel on her bed's comforter and went back to sleep. <sighs> when she awakened again, no. she considered going to lo- local urgent care. She said, I almost talk myself out of going because I was like, it's all in my head. It's 5 a.m. and I'm tired. But after her fiance begged her to have her ear checked, she went into the clinic. She's sitting in the waiting room and that's when she felt it move. It was painful. It felt like something was at the base of my eardrum. In that moment, I was convinced it was wax and I started crying because it was uncomfortable. But two, I felt that now they're going to look in my ear, tell me it's wax, (laughs) tell me to clean my ear out, send me home and I'm going to get a bill in the mail. But that's not what happened. Instead, a nurse uh, noticed something in her right ear and told her it definitely wasn't a moth. I didn't even think about it being a moth. She said the nurse says it's curled up in the back. And that's when the fear started setting in. The nurse treated her ear by irrigating it with water, letting it drain into a bowl. We're dumping the bowl and we're dumping and we probably dumped it three times. And then she goes over to the sink to refill the water. And while she's refilling the water bottle, I feel it move at the back of my ear. She's rushing back, telling me, put the bowl up to your ear. She says she saw a black object fall out of her ear onto the sweater, which made the nurse step back for a second. And then the nurse started to grab at her hoodie. I'm watching <laughs> Even the nurse jump. was grossed out. She's watching something jump from her shoulder to the ground. And then as she watches it crawl, she realizes it's a spider and that it's alive. And it wasn't small. I would say it was about the size of a nickel. And oh the video God. is all over TikTok, but I will spare you. It's oh. disturbing. 
horrible. Um, she had to be given a bag to throw up in because she was gagging. Like, I would right think now. so. Oh, God. Earplugs at night. Always and forevermore. God. Happy, that being happy, said, happy. you put that story in. Happy, happy, happy in. times. Happy times. We're going to Ululani's, everybody. It's in the Bay Area. And I am telling you, God, I need to get them as a sponsor of the show. You know, I only do sponsorships of things that I really, really love. Ooh, Lonnie's. No oh, spider sponsorships? Murder. No spider sponsorships. No, never. But Ululani's is coming to the Bay Area. Most of the time, you'll find Ululani's in Hawaii, right? I think the ones in Lahaina sadly burned down, but there's a, an Ululani's in Kihei. Uh, there might be one down near Kaanapale. I know there's one on Oahu. Multiple islands have Ululani's. It is a different kind of shave ice. It is, they have a special ice machine where the ice is so like thin and flaky. It's just a different consistency. And all of their toppings are made that day. They're not syrups from a bottle. They usually have real fruit that they've used. The flavors are incredible. Ululani's is coming to the Bay Area. They opened one in Stockton and now... There's one to open in Livermore. They're opening it this Saturday, November 11th. It's on West Jack London Boulevard in Livermore. I might have to take a road trip. This is fluffy ice shavings, similar to Japanese kakigori, introduced to Hawaii by Japanese immigrants. Uh, they say drizzled with syrups, but no. Ululani's ice flavorings include 40 different kinds made with, made with cane sugar and organic fruit juice or puree. Uh, favorites include mango, coconut. Oh, got to get the coconut. So flavorful. Passion fruit. Really, really good. You think, Kim, what's so good about flavored ice? Once you have Ululani's, it's like that's the treat of a lifetime. So it's hot in Livermore. What a great place to put one because I'm sure people will love to have. Although it seems strange that their first day. first location, their choice was Stockton. It's they they're they aren't putting it there. They're franchising it. So oh. I would love to put one in Petaluma, but they ask you. And I even looked at the franchising thing when I lost my job at KGO. I thought, well, maybe I'll open an Ululani's. Look at right. that. They're franchising them out now. But they ask you how much money you have to open a business, and you have to have like fifty to a hundred thousand dollars because you have to open the business, you have to pay all the people, you have to do all that. So I think the people that the first so you people told that them responded, you worked in radio and they hung up on you. No, I didn't. I I Color, thought this is there? too rich for my blood. I never are even responded. There? I'm out. Yeah, the Livermore location is the fourth continental U.S. franchise, following openings in Stockton. There's one in Hollywood. There's one in Round Rock, Texas. And now there's going to be one in Livermore as of this Saturday. They're also going to put one in San Diego and somewhere in the Los Angeles area other than Hollywood planned for mid-2024. That's fancy so. for Livermore. Livermore doesn't even have a Whole Foods. Not really? Wow. Yeah. And they're getting a shaved ice. They're getting a shaved Lululani. Yeah, yeah, so good. Anyway, I'm a big Lululani fan, so there you go. Do you want to do trivia? Let's do trivia. This is world geography trivia. We need a little picture that says it's th Thursday trivia. We don't have that. It's Thursday trivia. We don't have a picture, but that's okay. Uh, somebody emailed <laughs> saying that they wanted me to keep doing the mockingbird voice. So this is the mockingbird voice. Oh, you want to do trivia, Kim? Okay, fine. <laughs> do you want to start it out or do you want me to? Uh, yes, I will start it out. 
which country which, oh that's too easy which african country is famous for being home to the sphinx uh, i feel like this might be a trick question it's not egypt it is egypt it's very it egypt. easy oh, easy question easy. Yeah. i was like wait a minute this, yeah. the way you Did hesitated you it right? made it seem like it was a yeah. like going to be a tough question no I hesitated because I was like, oh, he's going to get this in a heartbeat. Uh, well, that's, I mean, mm -hmm. the only possible, th that could have only been like, I don't know, difficult if it was like some kind of tricky thing. Like you had yeah. that one question about how many, which country has the most um, pyramids. Pyramids. That's we Sudan. Did that, right? Yeah, it was Sudan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but now I remember that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. How many time zones does Russia have? Mm. How many time zones? Nope. <laughs> U.S. has four, and Russia is a lot larger. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, six. Wrong. <clears throat> Any guesses in the chat? How many time zones does Russia have? Five. Oh, Pinky John says five. got it. Eleven time zones? Yeah, eleven time That's zones. That's confusing. Yeah, and check, check out Russia on the Globe next time. You'll see it's uh, ginormous. How um, many countries are in North America? Oh, I think I know this one. I didn't pick that question, but I know the answer. So let's let somebody okay. else guess. How many countries are in North America? Did you think it, it did it end up being more than you thought or yeah. fewer? I mean, I know there's all those little countries. Right. So, but I still, I was surprised that it was so many. Right. It's not three. Uh, three. We're more, it's more than just the U.S. and Canada. Deidre saying nine. Nine. More than Nine. Double digits, people. Double digits. Mm-hmm. Kathleen, yeah. uh, let's see. Heather's just tell 12. you guys the answer. And the yeah. answer is 23. There are 23 what? countries besides Canada, the United States, and Mexico. North America includes all the sovereign states in the Caribbean and oh, the Central Caribbean. America, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, Central America? That's Yeah. Oh, that's confusing. Yeah. Oh, I, guess, I guess technically the continents are north and south. America, mm -hmm. there's Central is not its own continent. Right. Uh, that's kind of a technicality, but yeah, yeah. that's a confusing one. Um, I didn't get it right. I just saw it, but I didn't. I wouldn't have gotten that. Um, yeah. What country does the Rhine River run through? Germany. Wow, very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, happy to be here. Proud to serve. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for the... your service. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The Sofia is the capital city of which European country? Sofia. S-O-F-I-A. Bulgaria. Mm, I, I don't think that's right. Is that right? Well, considering I've been there, if it's changed. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't have the answer. I'm going to have to go with your you answer, answer on that. Sophia is indeed yeah. the capital and the mm. largest city in Bulgaria. Jesus How do you know that? How do I have you a know Bulgarian, some... I have a Bulgarian driver's license. Thank you very much. Do you really? Yeah, I drove across Bulgaria. Wow, I thought um, it would take you would take you a second to get the answer, and I would have time to make sure that I got well, it again, right. Again, I thought you were tricking. I thought you were like kind of tri tricking me. Who um, knows that? Like at the drop of a hat, You're, people there's have been nothing to wrong with your memory. People wow. have been to Bulgaria. I mean, the fact that I hesitated is, is uh, trouble enough. Um, but yeah, I had to have my uh, driver's license translated uh, not only to international, but I had to translate into a Bulgarian driver's license because all their characters are in Cyrillic. Right and. Uh, you're not going to be able to read all the street signs. So you just kind of have to rely on Google Maps. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, your turn. Okay. 
Let's see. Next question. What cape sits at the tip of Africa? What is the name of the cape? Cape Horn? Nope. Mm. What is the cape that sits at the tip of Africa? Someone's going to get this. Mm. Nope. It's not Horn. Peter gets it. Cape Hope. The, the Cape mm. of Good Hope. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Deidre, good job. I think I knew too. that. Square has Why did I say? Oh, because the Horn of Africa. I think yeah. that's what I why I said that. Um, what is the capital of Canada? Ottawa. God, you just know everything. I'm. My questions are way too easy. I don't. I don't know everything. Yeah, you do. Yeah, the more you know, uh, the more you know. The, the more, more you, you realize you don't. The more know. you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, oh, this is this is perfect. Ready for it? Okay. What is the yeah. capital of Nova Scotia? Ottawa? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a province, Nova Scotia. What is the capital? It'd be like Sacramento to California. I don't know what the. I don't know. What, I what have is no idea. the capital of Nova Scotia? Someone's going to mm -hmm. get it. The capital of Nova Scotia. Ah, see, rules has part of it, uh, but the first person with the complete answer is Heather. Heather, hey, friends. Halifax. Halifax. I would have never known that. You need to study. You like need to like stare at the globe before we do. Uh, I told geography. you I was going to suck at this one. This is not my bag. I'm really <laughs> good at uh, U.S. geography, world geography. I need right. to travel more. Yeah. 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 In what European city was the first organized marathon held? Oh geez, this is not less geography and more kind of trivia. Trivia. I should, I should ask you more geography. Marathon. I, I'm going to say Athens. Mm, it was true. You're right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. What was the year? Do you know? No, I don't know. Okay. Um, what is the name? Don't ask the... questions. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to don't ask questions. <laughs> what is the name of the only tropical rainforest in the United States? Oh. Is it in Hawaii? No, there's no there's no tropical rainforest in Hawaii. Yeah, there's they have a rainforest in Hawaii. Is it? Yeah. It's in it Maui. The, oh, no, it says the only tropical rainforest. Is it, so is it is tropical it in Maui? Yeah. Rainforest. I don't know the name of it. I'm sorry. Let's see who gets it. See if anybody gets it. What is the name of the only rainforest, tropical rainforest in the United States? Anybody have it? Everglades? Um, Deidre says it's on Maui. Yeah, it's right. It's on the backside of the... Um, we'll have to do further research. Um, we'll have to do further research. Uh, if it is indeed a tropical rainforest, then this question is... Uh, uh, you know, incorrect. But according to this question, what is the name of the only <laughs> the other tropical rainforest in the United States? Uh, K is K has got part of it. It's in Puerto Rico. Can anybody get it? I don't think anyone is going to get it. Uh, it El it's El Yunque National Forest. El oh. Yunque National Forest in Puerto Rico. All right. Well, that's cool. And we'll have to do um, further research about the uh, Maui thing. There does, might be some distinction. How many countries are located in the Southern Hemisphere? Oh, geez. 
It's fewer than Northern. I think that was one of the questions we did. Mm. I'm not going to get it, but um, 100. Should I just give you the answers? 100 and let's see, 108. 32. What? That's what they say. There's only 32 countries. How many countries are located in the Southern Hemisphere? 32. Wait a minute. But then North America has how many? 20? You said like 24, 20. What was the North America? I think it was 23. 23? There's barely more in the, all of the Southern Hemisphere? That can't be right. right this, you know, we get this, into this a reminds problem. Me of, this reminds me of Coffee Gate. This reminds me of when you start asking too many questions. Well, logically, you're like, doesn't that seem odd? That can't, yes. that can't, no, because I've been to so many because, countries in, in, in because the so many southern hemisphere nations. is half of the earth that is south of the equator. It has all or parts of five continents, four oceans, as well as New Zealand and most of the Pacific Islands. So but there's 32, over 200 countries. There's over yeah. th- uh, 200 countries in the world. That can't be right. I've been to like, Half of that. And I know I've only been to like a quarter of the countries in the world. Like we'll have to look tri- into that one. Trivia site that I um I found maybe does not jibe with your experience in life. Well, I mean, if there's over 200 countries in the world, right? Think about that. <laughs> and just think about the ones you can imagine in like southern parts of Asia. And yeah, we'll have to look into that one. Yeah. Right, I'm going to have to ask for a review. Yeah, I think you might be right. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That one's suspect. Your, okay, moving your on. Turn. What country formerly ruled Iceland? What country formerly ruled Iceland? Denmark. Congratulations. Thank you. I you watch a lot it. of Viking movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only reason I got it right. Uh, what country is home to the most volcanoes? The most volcanoes. Oh, I feel like I knew this at some point country is it japan it isn't i don't know if i'm gonna i'm not gonna be able to get that i don't think i would have gotten it um yes it is indonesia aussie rules got it it is indonesia they have the most volcanoes i should have gotten that um when i went when i was flying to indonesia the major uh volcano i forget the name of it on bali yeah. erupted right before uh, my flight was supposed to go. So I didn't know if the flight was going to be able to land. And it's really weird because when I got to Japan and I was on my way to Osaka, there was an earthquake in Japan. Uh-oh. So it started freaking me out because like everywhere I was going, there was like a natural disaster happening. Uh, Yikes. Yeah. Um, but we were able to land and the smoke cleared. But, you know, like a lot of times when those those eruptions happen, all air traffic just stops. Yeah, that's true. Your turn. Okay. Um, Kay is saying, John, I googled the tropical rainforest. El Yunque is the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. national forest system. Specifically, there are tropical rainforests here in or in Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll have to do uh, some. Fo- I think we're going to have to do major follow up. This is kind of controversial. <laughs> we never had to review all these questions. Uh, refer them to a judge. Um, what is the largest island in the Mediterranean? This should be easy. Is it Greece? No. Greece is not like by itself. It's a country. It's not just an island. It has a bunch of islands, but it's not like an island country by itself. So just mm. one is island. Sicily? Crete? Yes. 
Oh, is this Pauline, Pauline got it? It's Pauline. I stole her answer. I'm you not a cheater, Pauline. I'm giving you credit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure that we give you credit for that. Uh, because I don't want to I don't to do that. What is Belgium's nickname? Mm, chocolate. <laughs> I don't know why this is. Why this is the nickname. Oh, is it weird? Because I do you think I'm gonna get it? Uh, I would never have known. You have to know this in order to. No. It's not going to be guessable. Okay, the nickname is the cockpit of Europe. No, and that is because that. it's been the site of more European battles than any other country in Europe. In history, lots of European powers fought with each other for the supremacy of this area. That is the reason Belgium is known as the cockpit of Europe. Yeah, I would never have gotten that. Well, listen what you hear at the the after party live. Now you, you can learn carry some this things, forth. and on the other hand, and we're also confusing suspect. and uh, we're confusing people. <laughs> some with things are sus. Some things answers. are good. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to have a follow up segment tomorrow. Yeah. Um, which mountain range runs along the western coast of South America? Which mountain range runs along the western coast of South America? Do, do, do. Someone's going to get in the chat. Mountain range, mm -mm. western coast of South America. I and the answer is, Deidre's got it. The Andes. Like the mint. Oh. Andes. I was going to say that, but I thought it was too far south. No, it goes all the way down, I think. Okay. All the way through Chile. Chile. Well, well done. I think that's a wonderful. Andes did. Oh, a lot of people got it. You guys yeah. are good. Yeah, you guys are really good. Okay. Um, we're going to Europe now for a couple of, uh, of questions. To the cockpit? <laughs> we're going, not going back to the cockpit. What is the name of the peninsula where you can find both Portugal and Spain? Iberia. <sighs> yep. Just from that sigh alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, which Canadian province is the smallest? <laughs> Perfect question for you. <laughs> Which I'm never Canadian gonna know this. No, is I've the got... smallest. Think of the smallest know. place name. Smallest. I'll give you a clue. It's an island. Which Canadian province is the smallest? I don't know the answer. Uh, it's not Nova Scotia. Is it Nova Scotia? Nope. Oh. Looking for oh, and Heather with another win. Wow. And Jennifer Prince got it Edward as well. Island. Yeah. So you're learning something about Canada, eh? That's my last question, by the way. Do you have another one? Um, which countries can you find in Great Britain? Okay. So great. Um, uh, Scotland, mm -hmm. Wales. Yes. England. And mm -hmm. I guess they're counting North Ireland. They didn't in this, but I think but, you should. But they only count England, Scotland, and Wales. Yeah, I guess because it's not... Is it considered a country? I don't know what they consider Northern Ireland. Which country are the Faroe Islands part of? What country? F-A-R-O-E. Faroe. Uh, Scotland? Denmark. Oh, damn it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was on a roll. In which country can you find the Giant's Causeway? The Giant's Causeway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That would be Northern Ireland. 
Okay. And speaking of which, um, Google's telling me that Northern Ireland is one of the four countries of the UK. Yeah, that's what I would have added Although that too. Although it is described by official sources as a province or region. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why they don't. Either, it could go either way. It is a separate legal entity as of 1921. This one's hard to pronounce. Which volcano disrupted air traffic in 2010? Oh, that was, was a Greenland, right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of it. It's Ayafjallajökull. Yeah, I wasn't going to get that. Ayafjallajökull. Yeah, so I don't know that one. So it's now available at Ikea. <laughs> That's right. Which country <laughs> can you find between Spain and France? Spain and France? Mm-hmm. Andorra. Yes! Crazy good at this. Well, it's one I of the few wanna... countries I haven't been to in Europe. Andorra. Um, how many countries does Slovakia share a border with? Oh, how many countries they have a share border with? I would have to guess. I would say five. Yeah, you'd be correct. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a good guess, I guess. Here's some here's some uh, TV-related questions. Okay. In which country is Downton Abbey set? Uh, England. Okay. In which country is Outlander set? Scotland. <laughs> you You get points from me for knowing that one. I only know because you're obsessed with the brawny ginger. The brawny ginger. In which European city was Cersei's Walk of Shame in Game of Thrones filmed? What country? Croatia. Yes, it was Dubrovnik, Croatia. In which French region? I've actually followed the steps. Have you? Shame. Yeah, it's beautiful. If you if you want to go to Croatia, make sure you go to Dubrovnik. Mm. A lot of it's CGI, Uh, like they added on. But yeah. it definitely looks like, you know, what you saw on TV. It's just a smaller version. Incredible. But it's, it's definitely worth the trip. In which French region is Camille's home in Emily in Paris? She, she, she's in Paris, isn't she? Um, um, uh, Camille is her friend. And she oh, takes her I, to this I, region. Her family makes a beverage. And the family home is a uh, a winery. And it's in the, this region. Yeah, I don't watch the show. Champagne region. Okay. In which tunnel does the TV show The Tunnel take place? Never heard of it. Channel tunnel between France and the UK. Okay. And That's a TV I, show? Yeah, I guess it's called The Tunnel. I've never We're heard of it Running out either. of ideas. Yeah. And the last one in the uh, European entertainment geography. In which city does Fleabag live? In what city? I don't know Fleabag? who Fleabag is. I'm going to guess London. Uh, you would be correct. Yeah. Did well and today. Th- and that's all I got. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good. It took us all the way to the end of the show. Oh, it's pretty look at impressive. that. It's time to yeah. go? Mm. I think it's time to go. Channel. Yeah, John said channel. That's right. You guys channel. are so smart in the chat, too. Yeah. We'll have we'll do it again next time. We'll do we'll get off of geography. We'll You'll write it and we'll do it live. We'll do it live. Thank you so much to uh, are the folks that support the show who help us out every single time. Doug with your super sticker. How cool are you? Thank you so much for doing that. Um, and also to the supporters of the show, right? We have our ongoing long-term supporters, Brian V and Gretchen L. You guys are awesome. And we will see you for the Friday edition of the After Party Live. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Have a wonderful Thursday afternoon, John Daly. Have a great afternoon. I'll see you on Florida tomorrow. Woo-hoo! Yes, show. we will. Bye, Bye guys.